Yar, Avasti scallywags, come on in. I've got grog and whatever other things pirates eat inside. I look back a little, Paul. Don't listen to Mason. We be pirates today, sailing upon the high seas, spitting in the eyes of the Spanish Armada. Well, this, the game is supposed to be set in Madagascar, so we're rubbing the French and the English. Yar, Larry, then I be lost and not sure what I'm doing. I've been writing home telling the lie to me family for too long now to own up to my mistakes. Well, anyway, come on in. So what's the plan, Paul? You told us we'd be pirates and not to bother making character sheets. Yeah, Mason, I considered character sheets, but then I realized you'd just be doing pirate things, and it's safe to assume you can all do those jobs. Well, I don't mind this open form stuff, but you know, Paul, I really like my spreadsheets and my mechanics. I know, Elvis. I've been thinking about the next game, and you'll get your fix. Don't worry. I kind of enjoy the games where I don't have to plan. Well, too bad. Except for tonight, you don't have to plan for tonight. I did all the planning. But did you, though? Yes. Well, you say that. Well, I know the general plan, okay? Everybody sit down. Here we go. You're the crew of the ship La Pina. It's a pirate sloop. You used to own a bigger one, but times have been tough lately. You're in the midst of a bit of a plundering dry spell, and the crew has been pared down to only diehards and the crazies. Among you is Brendan, a would-be poet who writes bad poetry to commemorate every occasion. Carol, the manliest man on the ship and the person doing 80% of the hard work. Thank God for Carol. Leland, who believes the local lemurs are having dance parties in the jungle. Preston, who has OCD and has to do everything three times. Dominic, who's a bit young but seems to be a completely ordinary guy. All right, Bob, mega suspicious of that guy. Yeah, nobody's normal on the Pena. What's he hiding? Sherman, who likes to collect guns, but this being the era of patch and cap pistols, he's basically decked out from head to toe in single-fire guns. He's wrapped up like some kind of gun mummy. See, there's an ordinary, trustworthy crew member. Thomas, who's obsessed with cleanliness and scrubs the ship to shine, and Massey, the first mate. Apparently, job description is a personality. For Massey, it is. And finally, there's Captain Bell, who closes up his spyglass and after a long, dejected look, says, I just don't understand it, lads. We've been trolling through these waters for years. This spot alone, we've raided three vessels. Where'd all the merchants go? Maybe we crashed the pirate economy, sir. Don't be silly, Elvis lad. You can't crash an economy. That's like making an animal go extinct. It's crazy. There's tons of animals. We could hunt them forever and never run out. Well, Captain Bell, sir, I can tell you that what you can run out of is grog. We have totally run out of it. Arr, these be dark times indeed, gentlemen. We may have to hang up our pirate hats and exchange them for smocks at the old-timey convenience store. I swear I'd never go back to that life, sir. They wouldn't let me take bathroom breaks. But here on the open sea, the entire boat is a bathroom. All right now, Elvis. We've had this conversation a number of times. You can't just turn everything on the boat into a bathroom. But we're on the ocean, sir. It just washes off, and it's all water. Thomas washes it off. Your bathroom breaks give the man a conniption. Poor lad. Use the designated rest areas. Then why do they call it a poop deck? I've told you a hundred times, Elvis. In terms of a ship, poop is a French loan word. La poop deck. Poop is a French word for stern. Well, the French are all a bunch of weird deviants anyway. That's why we're robbing them. Ah, oh, lads. You make me want to hang myself. That's better than working retail, sir. Here, here, Captain Bell. You should hang yourself, sir. In fact, we all should. Set an example to the likes of everyone else about giving in to sedentary lifestyles. Lads, you're only saying that because you think everyone gets promoted up one rank if I die. Yet another reason for your noble sacrifice, sir. Well, then if it's all the same, I'd rather go on living despite you, Mason. And for that matter, we can't scarcely lose another crew member or we'll be unable to operate the ship. That's a really pretentious thing to bring up. Well, I sure hope that if we attack another boat, that it doesn't get violent then. Captain Bell sighs and holds up the spyglass again. Then he yells, Lads! 
I see a boat! Get ready! We finally got work to do! Ready the cannons! Aye, aye, sir. Oh, sir? We're out of cannonballs. We are? Since when? Well, remember when the dolphins came by and Sherman thought they were laughing at us? Uh, I said it was bad luck to fire the cannons at them. It's fine, just load the cannons with whatever we have. Aye, aye, sir. Paul, I gather up all the kitchen supplies and start loading them into the cannons. Captain Bell, sir, before we fire all the cutlery from the cannons, I feel it's prudent to mention that the men don't have weapons anymore. You don't? No, sir, you told us to sell our weapons to afford cannonballs. But then we used the money to buy grog, which we drank. Yeah, and we're still out of that, by the way. Uh, I, I scarcely remember doing that. It's probably from all the grog, sir. I, I suppose it must be. Yar! Well, lads, I guess pull the kitchen knives out of the cannons and, and just put in the forks and stuff. Arm yourselves! Brilliant, sir. And so quickly decided. This is why you're the captain. A lesser man would have already hanged himself. Oh, alright, that, Lowry, that gives me an idea. Paul, I fetch a rope and I start making a noose. Uh, what you doing there, Mason? I've got a brilliant idea, sir. We won't even need weapons. Be because you're gonna hang yourself? Because I'm gonna hang myself. Alright, lad. Best of luck with your crazy plan. Your ship Lapinia pulls up to the merchant vessel, blasting plates and forks into the side of the boat. The men throw out grappling hooks and planks and begin boarding, wielding nothing but kitchen knives. Mine's bent! Does anyone have a straight knife? I need a new knife! Wait, doesn't Sherman have like a hundred guns? Uh, yeah, you're right. I guess he does. Sherman runs in first, shooting his pistols at everyone while the rest of you rush in behind. Alright, Paul. I run to the center of the boat and toss the noose over the sail. Everyone stop! Lay down your weapons or I'll hang myself! The, uh, the merchant crew are already kind of backing off and taking cover from Sherman. You're not sure if it's the guns or the threat of a pirate killing himself on their boat that's doing the trick, but the guns are, are probably helping your message. Uh, you also notice that the crew is oddly minimal for the size of the boat. Start wrapping the noose around my neck. Does anyone have a chair I can stand on? I'll really do it. Surrender now. You keep him at bay, Mason. I'm going to the captain's quarters. All right, you barge in and you find the captain, as well as some richly dressed noble-looking guy. He's decked out in all manner of jewelry. He's got a ruby-encrusted tiara, rings with gemstones of all kinds, an ivory-laden necklace with an emerald centerpiece. The ivory is carved to look like crocodile teeth. Well, that's gaudy. Take off my shoe, then take off my sock and hold it out. Put your money in the sock and no one gets hurt. Uh, sorry, Lowry, I had a little bit more for the rich guy. He's also carrying some kind of weird animal. It's like a cross between a chinchilla and a cat, and it's the fluffiest little thing you've ever seen. What even is that? Whatever, put your money in the sack and prepare to get stabbed with a bread knife. The noble says, Oh, woe is me! To be accosted by pirates? What a dreadful thing! He reaches into his coat and drops a sack of coins into the sock. The captain unhands whatever money he had on him. Hit the rich guy with a sock full of coins. Oh! You fool! You've given me the means to your destruction. Hand over the rest of your belongings or I'll beat you to death with your own money. And then my friend will kill himself. Good heavens, what an ironic way to die were that to happen. The beating, that is. I don't, I don't know what's going on with your friend. Business is slow right now. We're trying new things. Don't try to psychoanalyze it. He starts taking off all of his jewelry. So shall I put this in your sock as well? Take off my other shoe and hold out my other sock. Okay, you're, you're not going to hit me with whatever I put in that one, are you? Sir, I am a dangerous, barefoot pirate wielding a sock full of coins. I can't promise you anything. Okay, then. Here's rolling the dice. He stuffs some pieces of his rich clothing into the sock first, and then the jewelry goes after. You're a smart man. I was gonna hit you. Give me your jacket. Very well, here you are. And your socks. My feet are cold. <sighs> All right, give me a second. He sits down and he pulls off his stockings. 
Well, these are gonna run. Haven't you ever worked on a boat before? It's all I'm wearing, sir! It's inconsiderate, but I guess we'll have to work with it. Well, will that be all? You have all my clothes, and I think that means you've taken all that you can. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, you seem important, so I'm gonna take you, like, as a whole person. As a hostage? That's right. Get in the sock. But the sock is full of my belongings! Uh, yeah, I guess it would have saved time to just put you in the sock in the first place. Okay, hang on. Empty the sock into the guy's clothes that I'm wearing now. Put on all the jewelry. Okay, there you go. Put on the socks. Uh, well, he puts on your socks. All right, come on. Or I'm gonna get you with this bread knife. That took a little bit. Elvis and Mason, do you guys do anything special? Mostly I fiddle with the news, I guess. Sorry, guys, it's my first time killing myself, and I've obviously never done it in front of an audience. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to figure it out as I go. I guess go below and see what they're transporting. Looks like a lot of rum. And you also find a personal chest with a bunch more jewelry and cash. Hey guys, look what I found! A cheer goes up among the pirates. Hey Mason, you don't have to kill yourself! Oh, Well, maybe next time. I feel like I was really onto something. That's alright, I'm sure you'll get your chance. I never get to try my cool ideas. Well, one day someone will call your bluff on this hanging thing. Try to stay positive about it. Alright. I guess I won't lose hope. I might still get to do it. But how'd you like to exchange that noose for a diamond necklace? What am I supposed to be, a girl? Give me that big stupid ring. In some cultures, it's okay for guys to wear necklaces. The shiny rock represents your virility. Oh. Well, I guess when you put it that way, it suddenly makes a ton of sense. Here, give me the necklace. Oh, it looks like the diamonds are princess cut. Ooh. Everyone, I've cut a wealthy individual. Who, that naked guy? Yes, obviously, Mason. Lowry, you can't just keep kidnapping naked homeless people and asking for ransoms. It worked once. They thought we had the real guy. It's been one success out of like a hundred failures. Well, how many times do I have to get a big ransom on a person I didn't even capture before you admit that it's a good scam, Mason? I'm not saying it's a bad scam, Lowry. I'm just saying that if we don't have the right guy and they fall for it anyway, we probably didn't need to kidnap anyone at all. We could just put a bag over Elvis's head and say that's the guy. Nobody would ever believe Elvis is rich. It's true. Even though now and then we have entire chests full of riches, I've got peasants' knees. It's a dead giveaway. Your captive says, he does, you could spot them for miles. Well, we'll just cover up the knees. There's really no hiding it. I've tried everything. Makeup, rubber knees, baggy pants, it all looks fake. See, you gotta catch someone with convincing knees. Well, we could put him in a dress and say he's an inbred lady. Sir, are you an important person or should we let you go? Well, I don't want to say I'm unimportant. He was wearing a fancy outfit when I caught him. And just look at those knees. They practically radiate money. Well, you're wearing fancy clothes now. That doesn't mean that you're rich. All right, look, I know how to tell. Sir, how much money per month does it take to support a family of four? Three? Is that too much? Uh, two? Two fifty. Two hundred and fifty what? Two hundred and fifty dollars? Two hundred and fifty? There's no way that children would eat that much. All right, fine. I guess he's somebody important. Let's throw him in the hold. Wait, wait well, I, I do get to keep my fluffins, right? I don't know. What's a fluffins? The guy's holding a little animal that looks half chinchilla and half cat. It's ridiculously fluffy. I'll take fluffins. No! No! I, I need him. I mean, he needs me. He gets terrible anxiety and will just pee all over everything if he's not inside his comfort zone. Oh. I don't want fluffins anymore. That's right. He's a big responsibility. Aren't you? Yes, you are, my little urine landmine. All right. Well, that's fluffins. Who are you and who would pay money for you? I am Alfonso Lafons, and I happen to be a highly influential merchant in the area, and I have a substantial bank account. 
If you let me go, I can write you a very generous check. Yeah, we don't cash checks. So what we'll do is we'll keep you in the brig until we get, like, a physical cash transaction. Oh, I, I, I don't think that's going to work. Why? You've got the knees for it. You do have really good knees. I noticed when I stole your stuff, but I didn't want to seem like I was coming on to you. Is that why you wear stockings? Well, my knees are resplendent. I mean, I, I, it wouldn't work with my schedule. I have important places to be, you understand. More important than the brig? Nowhere's more important than the brig. I'm not sure you're quite grasping. Within the next three days, I absolutely must be there to negotiate on a shipment of bananas. Or my company will lose a significant amount of money, and then I won't be nearly worth as much. Ah, uh, dang, that's a good point. I guess we better let him go. Oh, thank you. I knew that in spite of your reputation as unwashed, syphilis-crazed pirates, you'd be willing to see reason. Yeah, I say we push him in the water and let him swim to his meeting. How dare you? We haven't had syphilis since Syphilis Sam died from syphilis. It was a tragedy, and it would behoove you to show a little bit more respect for the dead. Sam was a saint. A downright treat to have around the boat, and I think everyone is in agreement when I say that our crew is poorer for having lost him. There's a general murmur of agreement among the pirates. Here, here. I loved you, Sam. Not enough or in such a way as to catch your syphilis, but like a brother who had a treatable venereal disease and, and we just let it run a rampage on you. He was afraid to lose his gimmick, the captain says. More than anything, he feared going back to being just Sam. I warned him against it again and again, but he said he'd rather die a syphilis Sam than go back to his life's previous uncertainty. Sam really brought us all together. Mr. LaFons, I ought to throw you to the sharks right now just for that. You're lucky a ransom is all that we're going to do. In fact, I have half a mind to cut off your finger and send it to someone just so they know we have you. He does have pretty wealthy looking fingers. You moisturize? These are amazing. No, gentlemen, please. We can come to an agreement. I'll give you everything I have on board without a fight. We already have all your stuff and the fighting is over. But not in writing. I can write out a receipt. All right, LaFons, get to the brig. Figure out which finger you hate the most, and I'll at least let you choose. My left ring finger. I'm terrified of commitment. Oh. All right, well, I'll cut it off when we get around to it. All right, you guys usher LaFons away in spite of his many numerous bargains and complaints. You pull away the boarding planks, and all the crew from the other ship seem a bit relieved to see you go. They wave as you depart. Weird. Wave back. Yeah, I don't want to seem rude. Bye! Thanks for having us! Your captain stands up on deck before the men. Well, lads, morale was sagging there for a while, but as ever, we pulled through. There's nothing the lot of us can achieve, and this just proves it. With this kind of a haw, we'll be able to eat and drink for days. And not only that, but hire on new friends to help us in our earnest daily toil. When we get back to our hideout, La Barocca, everyone gets one free drink on me. And the pirates let out a cheer. I wish Syphilis Sam were here to see this. He'd be so proud. So it's a three-day journey back to La Barocca. Is there anything you guys wanted to do before you get there? Yes. Gamble away my entire take of this loot in a single night. All right, within a single day, Mason is once again flat broke. But everybody likes me. They like your money, but now you have no money. A pirate's world is a cutthroat paradox. Anyone else? Try on all the fancy clothes. See if I can find something that makes my knees look good. Fail. Okay, no problem. You do eventually set yourself up with a nice new coat and some pants, but they can do nothing to hide your working class joints. Lowry. Take all of Mason's money in gambling. And the social bridge that Mason built with cash leads to Lowry. Hide it somewhere, but not somewhere well enough. And when the money goes missing, don't say anything. This is how it always goes. I don't even know who's taking the money. Sure, it vanishes almost as soon as you get back to La Barocca. See, you guys have it all wrong. I'm going to use my spoils to buy a bunch of rum. 
And over time, as it ages, it'll grow more valuable, therefore proving that pirates aren't just a bunch of dumb drunks, but that they have a complicated and nuanced understanding of alcohol as an investment vehicle. Elvis, aging rum doesn't make it any more valuable. When spirits like rum are aged, it's to flavor them using the barrel they were stored in. That's why some high-end liquors may have a sort of oaken flavor to them. But once they're already in the bottle, they don't absorb any more flavor, and the aging doesn't improve them. Wait, so you're saying my rum collection is worthless? Well, it's probably worth as much as rum. And as far as non-liquid assets go, no pun intended, it's probably not one of the worst ways to store material value. After all, the sale price of alcohol probably roughly follows inflation, just so long as your bottles are properly sealed with wax and haven't been opened. Why? What happens if they're not sealed with wax? The cork can rot, and it'll sort of ruin the rum. Oh god. Oh god. I gotta go check on my retirement. I'll see you guys in a few hours. Elvis runs off to go check on his investments. A few others stay behind to do maintenance on the ship, and the rest head off to the bar to celebrate. Alfonso Lafons is placed in the La Barocca prison. The only bar in town is known as the Missy Prestige, and it's run by a woman who calls herself Missy Prestige. Convenient. Easy to remember. For a long time now, she's been the only woman on the island, and by all accounts, she looks a lot like a man. She has one of those classical hairy moles above her lip. Well, is she nice? She's alright. Well, I'm not going to be choosy about a nice lady. Head down to see Missy Prestige at the Missy Prestige. Hey, Missy, how's it been? This is where everybody goes, so it's relatively packed at the moment. Used to be a brothel sort of thing, but now Missy's the only one that works here. She goes, It was pretty boring until you guys got in. Now the place is on fire. Kinda. Had a big week, I guess? Sure did. And I'd share some of the spoils with you to buy a drink, but I already gambled it away. One water, please. All right, the usual. Here you go. Thanks. The water tastes especially, uh, wet today. This is why I keep coming here. I'm sure being the only place to go has got nothing to do with it. I'm glad you're here, Missy. You're a treat. All right, Lowry, what are you up to? One water, please. Another usual. I want mine with a lemon. Lemons cost extra. What kind of establishment is this that lemons aren't complimentary? I have to import lemons. What do you think? I just have a lemon tree in the back? You should. Think about where your life went wrong that you don't have one. Maybe I should get one, I guess. Maybe I'll give that some thought. Elvis, you find your rum cellar is not in the shape you hoped it would be? The bottles sealed by wax are alright, but the older ones with exposed corks are looking a bit gross. You're not sure if it's tainted the liquid, but it doesn't look good. Oh god. Oh god, my livelihood! Why? Well, I guess gross rum shouldn't go to waste. Pop a rotted cork and start drinking right out of the bottle on my way to Missy Prestige. Yum, taste that bitter spoilage. The taste of ruined dreams. As you're walking along the wooden path that makes up the small town of La Barocca, you see what looks like Carol, the manliest guy on the boat, folded over on the ground. There's no mistaking that he's injured somehow, but as you approach closer, you're certain he's dead. Because his spine has been folded over backwards somehow. Oh god! I throw up. Blah! <laughs> what the heck happened here? You couldn't say what earthly force would do this to a man. Run inside the Missy Prestige! Everybody! Carol is outside and he's folded up like a futon! He's dead! Dead like my dreams! A hush falls over the bar. <laughs>